Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Roofer Report, brought to you by Roofer.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Roofer Report. I'm your host, Pete. And uh, with me today, I have Nick from Roofer, uh, my co-worker here, and also my co-host of the uh, uh, Roofer webinars. And uh, a very interesting topic here today. I think we're going to shift gears a little bit. You know, we've been dealing specifically with uh, tech in this industry and, you know, how to pick the right tech and, you know, how to prepare ourselves for using that tech out in the field and getting our business up and going. And today we're going to completely shift the gears a little bit and and go more so uh, talking about roofing itself, right? And uh, we're really going to dive into uh, you know roofing materials and and talk a little bit about the pros and cons of of roofing materials and you know just uh, you know the applications that we see where things work best and uh, get an idea of you know what your options are if you're out there. Maybe you're new to roofing or maybe you're thinking of making a change or you know, offering some other options in, you know, alongside of what you're currently offering and, uh, you know, just get out there and learn some more. So, uh, Nick is our in-house resident expert on roofing materials and everything roofing. So we thought he's the perfect uh, guest for this and, uh, we're going to dive right into it. Nick, I'll let you give a little bit of background on yourself and, you know, uh, how you came to this point and, you know, your background in roofing and dealing with roofing materials, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I'm, I'm a actual roofer. I'm not uh, just a roofer roofer. Uh, so I, I've been in the industry my entire life. My dad's a roofer. Has, has his company been in business for 28 years now uh, up north of Toronto uh, in Canada. And uh, I started out roofing when I was 12 years old. Uh, so I knew everything about like roofing when you're, I was a kid watching my dad build his business. Had all the sample boards, played around in the shop and kind of messed around with shingles. Then uh, the first uh, the summer that when I was twelve is when I got up on the roof and actually started doing stuff. So as I was a laborer building up that and understanding things more, understanding how to install a roof by learning from my dad and his workers around him, I started becoming a shingler and uh, started shingling. And you know, after I was done school, it, I, I went full into it and it was running the company with my dad, running the crew installing day in day out 12 months a year up in toronto so throughout the winter and everything and uh really fell in love with it fell in love with installing with the knowledge of it and uh and going from there anytime new product came out i was i was excited to try it we would order it from the uh, from our supplier bring it to the shop my dad uh i I grew up on a farm we had a big uh shop out there so uh, in-house and uh would install it play with it see what it's like and and go from there after uh, roofing, I, I started doing roofing sales. So I was selling with him and then uh, started selling in Toronto, the GTA, started selling in, uh, did some selling in Florida and California as well. And uh, I've always been a curious cat and it did not slow down when it came to roofing. Uh, any chance I got to learn about a material application, anything, I either wanted to do it with my hands or go to the factory and learn about it in person. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's great to get as much knowledge as you can, right? Like I know just from my time on the roofing side of this, that, you know, it seems like it's, there's a lot of experience driven, uh, you know, choices made when it comes to, 
you know, picking a, a shingle that we want to offer to our customers, whether that be a great experience. And that's why we're sticking to that shingle or whether we are counting a shingle out, maybe from a bad experience that we had. Uh, and it goes just beyond the material. You know, I think it goes all the way to the customer service, uh, you know, involved behind the scenes with that shingle, or maybe even the supplier that's giving us that shingle. Right. So, um, I guess let's talk a little bit about brands, brand recognition, who you guys see, you know, obviously I think, you know, you and I've had this conversation of who you see as kind of the front runners up there in Canada versus who we see here in the States sometimes differs. Uh, you know, I think that here in the States, like I said, I, I think a lot of the brands are regional, you know, I think some brands dominate certain regions, uh, because of their characteristics and what their, you know, capabilities are and the quality of them. So I think, uh, you know, talk a little bit about what you guys see up there. What are the trends in Canada of, you know, who the front runners for shingling? Why is that? You know, why are those ones that stand out above the crowd up there for you guys? Obviously, some unique weather patterns that are we're not experiencing in portions of the U.S. Yeah, that's a big point to it. So like the we have like the five or six major brands um, and you could sub one out for another one down in the in the States. But um, basically, we have BP and ICO, uh, the two Canadian manufactured ones, and then Owens Corning, Certainty, GAF. And you could add Malarkey to that list as well. Um, those are the major brands up there. Whereas if you're in the States, I know you got all those ones, but add in Atlas and Tamco uh, with it as well. Um, but what you see up here is the ones that kind of lead the round and it's for the longest time, it's starting to kind of shift a little bit, but Ico and BP would ins would be 90% of the uh, installs, uh, especially in Ontario, because you got uh, Ico made out of uh, Burlington in, uh, is, is their main uh, hub for their main distribution factory. Um, and then BP is made out of Montreal. I've gone to both those uh, those manufacturing offices and the factories just to kind of learn more about the process, how it's installed and everything. And those ones tend to do the best up here, not only because they're better priced um, because they're made uh, in Canada, but also just they are built in for a lot of that seasonal atmosphere as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, down here, traditionally, we see your GAF and your Owens Corning probably being the most common. I think that, you know, at times you'll see Tamco be offered maybe as an alternative to those based on price. Uh, and then I noticed uh, Atlas is very regional here. Um, you know, so I think if you get in certain areas of the United States, Atlas tends to dominate those areas. But, uh, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you see as, you know, what makes a shingle better in that cold weather environment? Why why are ICO and BP standing out up there? What are they doing with their shingles that are making them the front runners in that climate up there? Yeah, there's a couple things. So like I, one thing that I always hear and always see is people saying like, this product's the great and this one's garbage. Um, and it's true in the past. There's a lot of things that you can kind of go with from the past and saying like, oh, this person, th this product never lasted. This product had to be recalled and stuff. But now 2022, it's, it's very cent centrist to say, but everything's good. Everybody's kind of having to compete. If they are subpar, it will be shown and they just won't sell as much. But when you look at each one of these major manufacturers out there, they've all improved their products to be a reinforced fiberglass product uh, with, with the base and asphalt coating. They all have advanced sealants, like a fast lock sealant system. 
And a lot of them have reinforced nailing areas. So what made BP and ICO great up here in the past little bit with since their uh, uh, change into the reinforced fiberglass products is a part of their sealants on there. Now, I know a lot of people listening to this would probably be like, oh, their sealants are garbage or this and that. <laughs> I've installed BP and ICO in very, very cold weather on new roofs. So there's no heating or anything to kind of, or insulation to kind of keep them there in the middle of a field in minus 30 degrees Celsius weather. And I've never had a callback. My dad's never had a callback. And he's worked throughout 12 months of the year. It comes down to insulation process and the way that you're kind of taking care of it. My dad's old way was handbagging in the winter. So get your cold fingers ready and uh, just shingle everything by hand. So you're not having any blow throughs. You're not having any like uh, angled shots or anything like that. So that's a big portion of it. I feel that their, their, their reinforced fiberglass product and, and the material that they use uh, up here really, really reacts to like our, our really harsh winter as well. The other cool thing about it is like for BP, for example, they have a patented double lock sealant system. So they have the pattern sealant band at the very bottom that allows water to kind of drain from getting in behind uh, and seal. But about halfway up through the shingle, they have a solid sealant band that goes right across that and it lands on the top of the shingle below it. So it's a really, really cool product for not only low, lower sloped roofs, um, but also high wind areas. Uh, so if you're in the Maritimes or in parts of Quebec where you're com coming, getting a lot of wind off the water, it's a really great option, but also for snow load. Ice damming is a huge thing up here. Any time that you get in the winter, most of the times you get a call, there's a leak uh, from somebody. You ask, does it happen all the time when it rains or is it just happening right now as the snow is melting? So that's kind of what's very unique about a BP product is that their double lock sealant system is going to avoid having issues when it comes to ice damming. Water can back up under the shingle now because of the ice blocking it. But once it gets to that solid sealant band that's halfway up, it's really restricting the ability for the water to go up and underneath the shingle below it. And that's one of really cool uh, innovations that a Canadian product has made for a Canadian type winter. Yeah, very cool. I mean, I think and that's, you know, I think that's why some of these uh, shingles are really shining in certain regions because of things like that, mm -hmm. you know, like small changes or small feature upgrades that are making them you know, dominate a specific area because of their capabilities, right? <clears throat> you know, down here, obviously GAF, a huge manufacturer of shingles, very popular. The Timberline line for them is a super popular shingle. Uh, tons of guys, certified contractors, master elite contractors all over. I know I'm in New Jersey. Those guys are everywhere. Um, you know, speak a little bit to their product and what the pros and cons you see of that, of that line of shingle are. And, you know, why you think it, it has become so dominant in the States. Yeah, well, GAF is North America's best-selling shingle. They're owned by one of the oldest companies in the world, right? And they are a marketing machine. They have a lot of money to spend on innovation, a lot of money to spend on creation and research and development. And it shows. Their line of shingles is pretty incredible and now we can even go into a future podcast talking about like their solar creation too yeah really opening up the door for so much and that's what's very impressive about uh gaf um or gaf as they're called up in canada <laughs> they don't like um, yeah we just short form everything um so what's really cool is, is 
obviously Timberline is known as the best-selling shingle in North America. It's a great product. It's got a 210-kilometer-an-hour win rating or 150-mile-an-hour win rating uh, there. And it's a great-looking product and installs very well. Nice and easy. The line's very noticeable that you're going to nail onto. So when you're shooting across with the nail gun, trying to get bang on those shingles quick, makes it nice and simple. Also, that brand recognition is everything for clients. So when you're talking to a client and they're looking for something, it doesn't take long to search and find the, the negatives online. But though it's also true about that, it's not hard to find out the, the positives. And GAF is covered in the positives. So when a client who's not well-versed in the roofing industry pops up and says, hey, like I really want my new roof done. Can you get the timber line? That's the, one of the first questions that you're always going to get. Um, and they've really continued to improve on that timber line, uh, line with a HDZ shingle now. Uh, everybody's getting into that reinforced fire, uh, uh, nailing area where we got the Ico Dynasty, Owens Corning Duration, and now GAF HDZ. It's a fantastic product, really opens up that and allows for the installer for the speed of installation with that inch and a quarter nailing line while not worrying about missing that double locked area or the reinforced nailing situation. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have, you know, have done a great job of, like you said, of marketing. <clears throat> I think their certification program has allowed them to really have these guys out there pushing it. Um, you know, I know, I know here just locally in my area, it dominates. I mean, you see, yeah. I can think of probably four houses that are within a block of my house that I've seen done. And they all have had timberline shingles put on top of them, you know? So it's, uh, you know, they definitely dominate for sure. So, um, I guess speak to the fact of like, you know, I think some of the companies have been considered lower end products. I think I want to say Tamco, you know, I think Atlas has done a really good job of coming on strong in the last couple of years. I mean, speak to those products and how you've seen those products improve over the last couple of years. Why, you know, what features have they added that have made those improvements and, and, uh, you know, do you think they are substantial players now? Like you said before, you know, I think everybody's kind of starting to reach this equality, you know, point almost where their shingles are so similar, you know? So what, what do you guys, what do you see them set those guys setting themselves apart with? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, everybody's got something different now, and that's what's really cool. So when you're looking into a shingle line uh, for to install or a customer's looking into it, they're going to look at different situations. Obviously, the marketing, like we said with GAF, is, is great, and the certification program is going to make the customer feel very comfortable. But from an installer's perspective or a salesperson's perspective, one thing to keep in mind and really look into is what kind of roof am I installing onto? What's the surroundings like? What's the weather patterns like? And that could really help you find out which product's best for you. I mentioned the BP double lock sealant system. So if you're in a cold area with a lot of ice damming, a low slope roof, that might be the best situation for you. Now, on the other side, bringing back to Atlas, what Atlas has done so, so well, and it can, goes into marketing and it goes into some other things as, and warranties as well, is the Scotchgard algae uh, um, uh, saver. Mm -hmm. Like what a way to kind of number one, jump on a brand like that scotch guard to get like someone like Mike Holmes, who's all over TV anyways, to be that person, your face of it. And then also to add the warranty to it 
Every product out there has the algae uh, blocker in it. It's a copper ion fusion that's kind of put into the actual coating of it. So it coats the entire roof and restricts the algae growth. But pretty much every manufacturer out there has a 10-year algae resistant uh, warranty on there. With Scotchgard, they have a lifetime one on there. And that's something that's super unique and super different from everybody else. So if you are in an area like, say, New Jersey, it's got a lot of forests, a lot of trees, a lot of shading, you're going to get those al- that algae built up. And for those of you listening or watching, they're like, oh, how do we know if we have algae on the roof? If you're a homeowner or just a new- someone new to the in- industry, those large streaks that you see up the roof that looks like somebody poured <laughs> different color paint that go right down it. That's your algae growth. And it, what it does is slowly deteriorate your shingles over time. Not only does it look like garbage, but it actually starts to deteriorate the product. So what Atlas has done is not kind of joined the rest of the, the, the people out there and said, oh, what are they doing? And I'll add on to it. They've went with something that every, nobody else has and really put all their money into it. And that's what's really cool about the Scotchgard. Um, Tamco very similarly, uh, with their, their branding and stuff, their certification program is getting pretty impressive too. Now they're probably one of the smallest in the industry right now when it comes down to like reach and size and coverage and stuff like that, but they do have a really good price product. Uh, and the, and, and their, their architectural shingles are, are very impressive. I haven't installed those. There's actually the only ones that I haven't actually held and installed because <laughs> they're not in the Northeastern United States that I've been there. And I ha- we don't have them in Canada. Um, but I, from all the research I do, and like I said, I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff and read up about it, they seem to be like really improving and, and, and making a push. And going back to it, everybody's on evil, uh, even playing ground. There's other things that are going to keep them ahead, like marketing dollars and everything else. But the, between certifications and features that they've added to their products, there's a lot of good options for you as an installer to start looking at to what is going to be my go-to for my company. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you said your dad has the business. Do you guys approach it as, you know, we really have to have like a shingle that's kind of our go-to or do you guys keep an array of shingles, right? Do you, do you have, do you offer to the customer, you know, different shingles depending on the situation or the climate or their location? Uh, You know, and, and I guess, Speak to that a little bit of how that helps you as far as sales goes, right? Because I think you get a lot of customers like our contractors, like I know the guy who did my neighbor's roof, you know, he was a GAF installer. That's all he installed. GAF. That's it. Nothing mm-hmm. else. You know, and I think that that's common, especially for, uh, you know, maybe a newer contractor, right? To kind of like latch onto a shingle brand that he has good experience with and run with that. You know, and then I've seen other guys who have, you know, maybe a good, better, best offering and good, better, and best is three different manufacturers worth of shingles, you know, one for price point, two for warranty, you know, a, a couple of reasons why, but <clears throat> so I guess speak to that and, and how do you guys, how do you prefer to do it? You know, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And, and when I was selling a lot, especially in the, in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, I, I would see everything. There are people that are just straight, I am this type of installer and that's it. And there's other ones who are like, here's everything. Like, what do you want? Tell me. Um, and it really comes down to a couple things. Number one, I really think it's good to hitch your, your wagon to one main product, but also have some other ones out there. So have your favorite, have your one that you're kind of really fully trained with. So for example, if you're an ICO certified installer, which that was my dad's, that was my dad's poison. Uh, so he loves them. 
it, the really good product, really enjoyed installing them, never had an issue with the customer service, all that stuff. So he was certified in that. But if somebody asked for another product, he's not going to turn down the job. He would install it. He would order it. It would just be a different price point because, again, if you hit your ride onto one product specifically and one supplier specifically, you're going to start getting rebates. You're going to start getting a little bit better price point to position yourself better in your market. Now, what I've also seen with people down in uh, uh, that I used to like work with and sell with and stuff is that they would be certified in two to three products. So there was one company that I worked with out of like the out of the GTA, and their quotes would say it would be BP, Owens Corning, Certainteed, and JF. They would a price associated with each of them. They would all be the architectural style shingles, and they were certified in three out of the four. They were certified in BP, Owens Corning, and Certainteed. So they would give a price for a standard installation, which would be their good, which would be just the architectural shingle by itself. And then they have the better, which would have been if you want the certification on it, the 50 year non-prorated, we could do everything that's listed on there and go from that. So they're offering out the limited lifetime warranty and the extended warranty as well. Where I think it comes down to a salesperson's kind of, especially in now, now uh, this culture that we're in now with being able to research anything with the drop of the hat is really knowing your competition not just your sales competition from company to company, but the other manufacturers out there. If you are a GAF person and that's all you sell and you're going up a quote, uh, going up against a quote from say Ico, uh, this guy's an Ico installer and say his price is a little bit better, so to speak. If the customer comes to you and says, hey, this person's using Ico, do you have any ideas about it? You can't just say, hey, they had a class action lawsuit. 15 years ago. And then that's the end of the conversation. You're not doing yourself a service and you're not doing the customer service. You should be looking into and knowing what ICO is, how they are working and how does it compare directly to your product? So if it's an ICO Cambridge and you're using a GAF HDZ, be like, yeah, ICO is a good product. They have a reinforced fiberglass shingle. Yes, they did have a lawsuit, but everybody did. Let's be honest. (laughs) Whoever made organic asphalt shingles in the late nineties, early two thousands, all have that class action lawsuit. Um, but talk about like, yeah, we're both reinforced fiberglass shingles, but that Ico Cambridge doesn't have a reinforced nailing area where my GAF, GAF, sorry, HTZ shingles do. And that's going to really help out with wind lifts and will wind pull versus if you have, uh, if they're using the Ico dynasty, you should know that too. Like, yeah, they also have a reinforced, uh, nailing area. Theirs is on the back. Ours is in the middle. And here are how they differ. Educate that customer, give them the respect uh, of that. And you, I can, can't tell you how many jobs that I won over other people that were actually more competitively priced because I was able to educate them on the products and also the competitors products. Cause guess what? Not all those, your competitors are going to know the product like that. Do yourself the service, learn a little bit more and impress this customer. So they know that they're going to be spending a good amount of money for a roof that they're really not going to pay attention to with somebody who really believes in, in, in the system and knows how to install. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is something that you and I talk about all the time in all aspects of this is the education piece and how valuable it is because, you know, as from a customer standpoint, you know, that's going to add to your credibility as the contractor, you know, having that conversation with me, I'm like, wow, this guy knows his shit. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he knows what he's talking about. You know, I think that goes so far, uh, you know, to build that reputation and to build that credibility with the customer. But also, I think, you know, we are seeing that shift 
where it's a lot easier for a customer to do their own research and learn their own uh, information, you know, and, and, and figure out what they think is the best product. So, you know, they may have a question for you about a product and it may not even come from another, you know, contractor's quote. It may just become from something they read online somewhere, you know, and so being able, like you said, to speak educatedly about all of the possibilities of what could go on their roof, because uh, you never know what they're going to bring up and you don't know who the competitor is offering, you know, and, and whether it's at a better price or not. And why is it at a better price, you know? And I think, you know, uh, uh, I dealt with a, a contractor at a Pennsylvania one time and they said one of the best things to me is he said, you know, we go in there and we are probably one of the highest priced contractors that is going to quote a roof in our area, but we own it. We don't drop our price. We don't negotiate. We don't try to undercut anybody. He goes, we go in there and we own it and we build it on our reputation, our quality and our knowledge of the products and being able to convince that homeowner as to why our product and our installation is going to be superior to the competition. You know, and, and we, he said, we justify our price point. And I think, you know, this speaks to a lot of that, you know, being able to go in there and say, yeah, am I a little bit higher priced? Potentially, but this is why, you know, this is our guarantee. This is our installation process. And this is the product that we're using and why it's a better product, you know? So I think that, you know, that's a huge piece that I think, you know, gets missed by so many guys because they think, well, you know, I'm a GAF guy or I'm an Owen Scorning guy. Like that's all I need to know, right? Like I just need to be an expert on my own material. Yeah. And it's crazy. You said the word perfectly is justify. Like nobody here wants to be the chuck in the truck. We all make fun of that. Like like the chuck in the truck, don't have license, don't have insurance. You're just going around. You've got the lowest price and you're going to screw up the roof. So you need to, you're, we all know that there's going to be people cheaper than us. We're all legitimate roofers listening to this probably as well, because you're actually searching out information, <laughs> which is shows that you're already ahead of the curve. So it comes down to justifying why you are. Be that person's education piece. I've always said roofing is not a sexy purchase. You're not going to go in and brag about you getting a new roof. On the majority of homes, the first time they've ever thought about the roof is because it started leaking. They never even looked at it. So now it's just like completely different. You want to give them something nice that's going to be presentable because I'm sure you're the same, Pete. You're driving down the road. You're looking at roofs more than you're looking at everything else, right? So it's, it's, you want to have it presentable, but you also want to justify what you're giving. Cause it's a small, it's not a small price tag. It's a big price tag. So educate them on it. I had a situation where I was having a conversation with the roof of the other day as well, where they had a client who reached out and said, um, Hey, I need my roof done. And you guys did my roof last time. Want to look and learn a little bit about these things because they did their own research and they knew their, their roof was coming up. It's been 20 years or so, whatever. And they were like, I want to learn about this. It's a synthetic slate. And I want to learn about this, which is metal. And then I want to learn about this malarkey. Because they were looking at, they're very like green people. So they're looking at energy efficient uh, products and something that's going to last long. And it's great to be able to go up and be like, yeah, here are the differences here. You got the synthetic slate. It's X amount price roughly per square foot, just to give you an idea before I quote it. We got to use stainless steel or copper nails on it. This is how it all goes. That's one price point. And then you go into the malarkey and say, yes, 
They are a smog-reducing technology. They are done with mostly recycled products, and it's an SBS-based shingle. But here is the price point to that, and this is what it looks like. And being able to really kind of show that lets them know that I'm not just coming back to this person for the second time because they did my roof the, the next time. They can go with anybody, really. I'm going back to this person because I trust them. They know the industry. They know what they're doing, and they're able to help me make the best decision on my roof. Not the most expensive decision, but the best decision for me and my family. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about all the other products, right? Like I think we've really covered asphalt shingles, right? Let's just briefly touch on the other products, right? I think that there's a very niche market and I don't think a lot of contractors really get into it. I think it depends mm -hmm. a lot on the region. You know, I know like the Florida guys will deal <clears throat> a lot more with slate and Spanish tile and, um, you know, metal roofs down there than, potentially up here, like where I'm at, you know, everybody just kind of goes traditionally with shingles, but, you know, I guess speak to a little bit to the products outside of the asphalt shingle and, you know, what your thoughts are on those. And, uh, you know, obviously we're talking about a completely different price point and a completely different installation. So, you know, if I'm a roofer, you know, maybe I've, you know, kicked around the idea of going that way and installing some of those products, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And have you guys ever done that with your dad's company? And if so, like, what did you guys think? Yeah, I think like going back to like the whole good, better, best uh, thing that you were talking about, you can do good, better, best for like a three tab architectural and designer shingle. That's pretty easy or three different types of shingles from three different brands. But a really cool way of doing this nowadays is depending on who your client is, is customize a good, better, best for certain clients, right? So give them a reinforced fiberglass shingle, like a GAF Timberline. Give them an SBS based shingle, which is your next step up, like an Owens Corning Flex or Malarkey, right? Something that's going to give them a higher hail rating. It's going to be recycled. It's going to be, I loved always doing that test where you could roll it up into like a little like cylinder and pull it back and there's no granular loss on that stuff. Really, really cool to impress them on that, but that's a different price point as well. And then you can go into something like a synthetic slate or synthetic cedar. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's got a lifetime warranty on it. And it's pretty like if you got a nice home, like a big home with like a very steep roof that shows off from the road, let's make it pretty. Don't slap a three tab on there. It's going to look ugly and just very dated. But let's let's make it like the 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 house of the neighborhood where everybody's driving by and asking you questions about it. Make it like a centerpiece. And so I really like how like so many different companies out there are creating new and and uh, improved products, not only improved in looks, because they've always been doing it with like a carriage house or Royal Victorian type shingle that could look a little bit different, but is much more expensive. But now it's performance based too. like the SBS shingle is fantastic. You, it doesn't matter if it's cold, if it's hot or whatever, that thing's going to last. Um, and it's really good for the environment and all that stuff too. And that could help sell. And now the synthetic slate, slate is the pinnacle. Obviously, it's the most gorgeous thing that you could put on a roof, but it's also the most expensive thing yeah. that you need to put on your roof. And you'd have to, if you want to switch to slate, you'd have to beef up your trusses and really help out with the, 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 the weight on it. But now a synthetic slate, you can make it look damn near slate look and provide a, a really nice presentation for about half the price. Instead of, I know certain areas, regular slate's going to be like 30 a, uh, square foot or 
and or if you're looking at a synthetic slate, you're looking at fourteen to fifteen dollars a square foot, and it looks fantastic. And it's honestly, it's really easy to install too. You get a, a a skill saw to cut the edges. You don't need to be like those. I don't know if you you get new nerd out like I do, but I watch <laughs> slate installers every once in a while, and you're like, damn, these guys are artists. <laughs> like, it's like what I do and they do is not the same. Not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> So one thing that you touched on earlier that I just want to kind of wrap this all up with is I, you know, let's talk about the future of shingles, right? Like uh, obviously, you know, uh, things have improved over the last couple of years and they continue to improve. And uh, obviously it is looking more and more like the future of shingles is solar shingles, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's your take on that? Like, do you think that we are going to move in a direction where, eventually down the road, obviously no time in the near future, but down the road, like that's going to be the offering. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, (laughs) During the time of this filming, how's the gas prices in your area? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I think we're definitely, you know, heading in that direction, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's expensive. Oil is expensive. We're going to have to look in different ways for renewable energy regardless of your your position on all that it's just a fact like we're going to need to find out other ways and we have renewable energy out there and and technology is always advancing it's always getting better and we're able to provide stuff and like you said that roof is not a sexy purchase all that space is just wasted if you're not using it for something so my first thought on it and when it first started becoming more and more popular and then obviously we can get into like the tesla roofs and the gaf solar roof and everything else like that but is why not like most people don't look up at the roof anyways why not get some energy for it even if like the solar uh, technology is advancing and it's be able to capture more and more uh energy from it it, it's always going to get better but why not use that stuff for it and get paid back a little bit from the government we spend a lot of taxes so let's get some back at the end so i love i love the way it's going i love the innovation and stuff and um, a lot of my friends' dads and stuff when we were younger were like doctors or whatever, or engineers and stuff like that. And I was always so proud of my dad being a contractor and a roofer. And it just nobody else that I knew where I grew up was had dad that was in contracting or roofing and stuff. <laughs> now it's even cooler. Like in my mind, like I can't wait till I have little ones running around. I could talk about like, look, look what dad installs. Like these are solar roofs and stuff. So. Yeah. I love it. I love where the direction we're going in. Uh, I love that the big players are all joining in. Uh, Sony and Samsung have their versions of solar roofing products. Tesla's obviously got their big one. Uh, GEF's jumping in and all the other big players are, are, are starting to poke around because a, a shingle product, sorry, a roofing product that's not a giant solar panel that can go on a roof and look good as well as perform well is super, super exciting for the industry. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that I've noticed the most about it is, you know, for the longest time, you know, we've had a roofing industry and a solar industry and this solar shingle is really bringing the two of them together because it's giving, Mm -hmm. because now I can have solar installed by my local roofing company. Right. And, And so that changes the game overnight, right? Like I can go to my local roofer and say, you know, like you said, I'm a green guy, you know, like I want to save energy, whatever the case may be. I really would love to have a solar shingle and my roofer, my local roofer can now be the installer of that. And it, 
that's going to change the game completely, right? When you don't have to go the specific route of solar to get solar, right? When I can go to my neighborhood roofer and he's like, oh yeah, I have a solar option. I think Mm -hmm. completely changes it, right? Like it completely changes the availability of it, the sales of it, how readily, you know, how readily it's going to be out there, you know? So I'm very interested to see how that progresses over time. And and if it eventually someday overtakes, you know, the standard uh, shingles, like we're used to seeing. Yeah, certainly in the South, I think that's going to get pretty close to that. But as an installer, you got to look at it as, yeah, why not? Like we have our, uh, one of our, our, our favorite customers that we do have at Roofer here is Paul Swingle. And he installs Tesla tiles all the time and he does regular roofs. And so he's able to do both and be able to do it. And the one thing to keep in mind for all the installers and salespeople listening, if you do have a solar division, the margins are a lot better than roofing. Yeah. So this could really, if you have that and you are known as the roofer in your area that does not only roofing, but solar as well, you've opened yourselves to a bigger, bigger uh, reach and you're able to then travel more. Once people start noticing, those margins are going to allow you to open up your service area even more and install products in, in specialty houses and different locations, different areas. And it's really, really a great way to kind of set your part self away apart from your customers. Uh, sorry, your, your, your um, there's a comp- competition. Yeah. There was the word. It was a C word. I can remember. <laughs> and uh, really set it apart. I'm very excited to see what happens. Obviously, the South is going to lead this way because of just the amount of sunlight that they get, the no winters and everything else like that. And I'm very excited to see how it transitions up to the Northern Hemisphere above the, that snow line where you and I live in the Northeast, right? Yeah. So how solar starts to open up and open up the door a little bit more up here uh, is going to be very exciting. And I, for one, can't wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the future of it is and, you know, how each company gets involved in that and and how they roll their products out. And just seeing, you know, like I said, the kind of the melding of the two industries together, I think will be a very interesting uh, play there to see Mm -hmm. how it all kind of falls in line. So, uh, man, I really want to thank you for jumping on. Great to, like I said, kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about something a little off topic for us, obviously from you know, we're on the tech side of the business now, but, you know, nice to kind of go get back and talk about being out in the field and, you know, what goes on out there and, and the products themselves. So, you know, I, I thank you, Nick, for, for joining me and, uh, you know, talking all this stuff and, uh, you know, um, I, sorry to interrupt, but if I could just mention one thing, just like yeah. a word of advice and, and <laughs> on something that like really helped us out and uh, me out personally, and I know the contractors that I talk to uh, on a daily Educate yourself with all the products out there. Learn. You don't have to use all the products, but try it out. Buy a bundle. Bang it on to some plywood. See how it is. And all these manufacturers, they all have tours and stuff that you can go. You could sign up for them. Talk to your supplier. Go out. I know that uh, before the pandemic, I went down to Medina, Ohio to the Owens Corning plant to go look about it and, and, and talk to the installers and the manufacturers and that kind of stuff really sets you apart from your competition and you're going to sell way more roofs and be able to justify your pricing and everything like that a lot easier with it. So uh, conversations like this are great. And if you have any questions, just hit us up. I'm always happy to talk roofing. Yeah. Yeah. Great piece of advice. I mean, you know, like we've talked about the education piece so many times and I think, you know, that's really the biggest takeaway from this is, you know, take advantage of every chance you get 
to educate yourself a little bit more. Like, uh, you know, one thing that you told me, even when I first started here at Roofer with you is like, Hey, I'll just go out in the yard and buy a, you know, buy a thing of shingles and tack them on a piece of plywood or something like that. And just mm-hmm. see how they install and see what they look like and get the feel for them. And I think that's great advice. I think it goes a long way for you to have an understanding and be able to talk to all the brands and, uh, you know, all the, the new features that these things offer and, and be able to, like you said, even rebuttal some of these things when you're out in the field, you know, and people have questions about either the competitor's quote or another product that they saw. So, you know, I, I think that's a great, a great piece of advice. So I appreciate Nick jumping on and, uh, you know, for everybody listening in, be sure to listen in, uh, to future podcasts as well and, uh, and join us for some great information. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Pete. All right. Talk to you soon.